Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Have You Ever Played podcast, the only podcast that costs $3,500 to listen to. I'm Matt, a.k.a. Matt Fondude, and who are you? I'm James, a.k.a. James O4E. Now, now James, do you understand what the reference is this week for the, um, the cost? I don't believe so. I don't think I know it directly. I don't even think I actually made... I might not have even done it correctly, but uh, I'm... I'm referencing the the price for the Apple Vision Pro headset. Have you seen oh. any news about this? Oh yes, I've seen a lot of news about it, like people driving with it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Man, great times. So let's get right into the the video game podcast by not talking about video games, but it's it's related in a way. Um, yeah, it's so like the, it's like AR VR stuff. Yeah. So the Apple Vision Pro is something I had not followed at all, or like had any thoughts about until i think it did it come out like two days ago or something or or just no, did no. everyone start talking about it? it must have just come out oh yeah okay available on february 2nd so it literally just came out um a, a little bit ago and um i was unaware that they were working on this and it is not for people who are listening it's not really a vr headset it is um basically a headset you put on it looks like ski goggles and yeah. it has a video pass through um, where you can see your environment in a video as a video. Now, why would you do that? It's, it's because you can put funny screens and stuff in your environment. Yeah. And um, I think it's really cool. But yeah, it's, it's like the it's like the the stuff that Iron Man does in the Avengers movies where he's like, you know, all on his on his computer. Mm-hmm. Jarvis. He's like widening the stuff by separating his hands and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. man, we've done it. We've, we're truly are living in when that movie came out 2008 or something we're truly living yeah. in Iron Man yeah I don't know we've we've finally done it but we've made it so that you look as stupid as humanly possible <laughs> it is Good so job, let, let's get into it a little bit um, one I didn't know this existed at all until a couple days ago because I was not following it um, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that a company as big as Apple is doing stuff in AR. I think AR is the future of you know <coughs> cool things. I think everyone's going to actually have some sort of AR in their daily life. I think you probably don't want to buy this one, though. It's like buying the first generation iPad. That thing is like a brick. Um, wait a couple. Wait a couple and then buy it. Don't be the, tre- the yeah. trendsetter on you this know, it device. Also, it also makes me think a bit of the uh, the Elon Musk brain chip. Mm-hmm. And how he, like the Neuralink. I, I, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he... He announced that uh, that the first person who had the Neuralink installed finished surgery and they're recovering. And everybody's making jokes about like, oh my god, this is like in, this is like post apocalyptic video game like environmental storytelling. <laughs> I'm kind of here for it though, because like I, I'm 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 kind of after playing Cyberpunk, I'm like ready for some of the you know the cyber enhancements. Like I think just having eyes. All right, I, I'm a little sketched out because uh, we will probably get to this point. Not that far from now. And we're going to start with these AR like wearables. Like Right now, it does look a little ridiculous. You have these giant ski goggles that you wear. And they have like fit footage of your eyes. So they like display a screen on the outside to like show your eyes. But like it's very low resolution. So it's okay. just very creepy. Um, <coughs> have you seen this? The, the, the eyes that on the outside of the goggles? Um, no, I've just only seen like the Valley. side POV of people just like looking stupid look up the eyes i don't know if i've seen like videos it's very uncanny valley apple vision eyes let's see um yeah it doesn't it it, it's very looks like something kojima would make (laughs) yeah it does look like that od game or whatever that's coming out this is literally kojima not even a game like interactive media small small tangent kojima's working on like four games right now that's crazy (laughs) Well, OD might not be a game. It might be some weird interactive thing that maybe it's not even interactive. It's just some weird media project. We don't yeah, know. I, don't know. I, I feel like if it's not a game, I feel like it'd be like a like a like a virtual experience almost like, you know, like a like almost like a, a roller coaster. But but like virtual. I'm wondering if it has to do with a lot of the. I wonder if so they showed off a lot of the face tech. Um, I yeah. wonder if it's going to be something where those are the actors and they just wanted to show how expressive they are, or if it's going to be like scan your own face into the game and then do something That'll probably like that. be part of the horror because it's a yeah. horror game, isn't it? Or not Some, a horror game, but I think a horror so. experience. Like that's the well, idea. Jordan yeah, Peele is yeah, working on it, right? Jordan Peele. 
Yeah. Um. So who knows? But honestly, you cannot pin down what it's going to be. It's a Kojima project. Who knows? Yeah. Until it's in your hands, you're not going to know what it is. Yeah, it's a certified Kojima moment. Anyway, back to the uh, the the Apple funny glasses, right? So yes. I really do think that this is the future of just having displays you can have anywhere, having a lot of heads up display, like a heads up display in real life. Um, I think GPS, like when you're in a car showing like where to go, like on a GPS and like, sh- like scanning people. All right. Here's a, here's some nightmare fuel. Let, let's, let's, let's wrap about some like scanning nightmare hellscape. People. Okay. Nightmare hellscape, black mirror stuff, but it would actually be convenient. Um, when you see someone and you scan their face and it's like, Oh, that's Tom. You met Tom. 12 days ago at this event and he okay. likes cats and stuff like that. So you okay, never have that's to actually that. sick. Cause it is sick, right? Forgetting somebody's name has to be one of the most like, Oh man. Like, you know, that picture of the, of the ant with like the sack on it, like that he's carrying over his shoulder and he's homeless. <laughs> no, that's it. That's what it feels like. The, the viewers probably know it's a meme. No, it's worse than forgetting someone's name, calling them the wrong name confidently. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That I'm, I'm like, even if I'm, like 99% sure I know somebody's name. If I haven't known them for a while, I'm like scared to say their name until I hear somebody else. Oh, I have say that it. problem. 100%. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, that's why we announce our names at the beginning and end of every podcast. Um, yes. Otherwise, I would forget who I am and who you are. Yes. And by the end I of the podcast, I do forget, forget who name. you are. But anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I would love that. That is a nightmare hellscape, though, right? Because then it's like, okay, here's their whole criminal record and here's their like. You know, just like there, there could be, there could be some like, oh god, yeah. aspects of that. Yeah, and here's their social um, credit score. Yeah, but any, but it would be for people who don't remember, who have a hard time remembering people's names, and also feel bad about calling someone the wrong name. That would be sick. Oh, you could god. also link up we're, with their. We're gonna get to a point where you can just look at somebody and know their credit score, like that, uh, like that thing they have in a, uh, like that app they have in China. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, gonna be James- crazy. I don't think it's going to be credit score more, more as you're going to look at someone and then see their link tree to their OnlyFans and their like Patreon their account. link tree. You're going to look at someone and they'll have their link tree. I do think it will be pretty sick, though. Like, there's elements of that where you could look at someone and then be like, yeah, here's my resume, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's elements that are really cool about that. Dude, imagine you, imagine how hard you could roast somebody with that stuff, though. Like, like you see, oh, they're a YouTuber. Oh, they only have 50 subscribers. People are going to have like, like pe- pe- people are going to have like, like, um, like pay to win, uh, gacha gate free to play MMO effects around them. Like they'll oh just have God. like a after image and just glowing wings and stuff. It's going to get really tacky. Yeah. No, there'll be some people that you can just punch and coins will come out. Like it'll, it'll be crazy. But all this sounds kind of sick. Like it, it's a bit of a nightmare hellscape, but like I'm, I'm kind of here for it. And I think we're gonna get the wearables. Like they've they've been trying. I think it's good that Apple is you know pushing for it. I think uh, we're gonna get wearables, but eventually, like you said, we're gonna get some eye tech. We're gonna get some of those uh, cyberpunk eye implants. And I would actually love that because then you could have like perfect vision, which would be sick. You could like zoom in and stuff. Mm. Um, now Black Mirror did do an episode about this where like people could record things which would get again kind of gets into a nightmare hellscape where people could be like live streaming from their eyes or like recording from their eyes yeah um, yeah I, I think the inherent problem with every technological advance we make is that humans are fucking both stupid and assholes mm-hmm. it's like we'll, we'll always find a way to mess it up I think the the cool aspects do outweigh the nightmare hellscape aspects, though. Like having perfect vision, or if you can't see, and just being able to like have vision, you know, directly implanted uh, into your yeah, brain. Yeah, you'll have vision just in time to see some of the unholy memes people make. Yeah, you wish you didn't have it anymore. Can you imagine how awful it'll be to be a teacher in like twenty oh, years, God. where kids there won't be teachers? Uh, They'll literally just implant all the information into your brain. I don't like, know oh, God, about was, that. There was some like cartoon or something that I saw a while, like ages ago, where it was like kids would go to school and they would just have these like things, like like these these things like go on their head and they just sit at their desks and they would like input all the information and they just oh, be there for like an hour and go home. That's in cyberpunk. Uh, that's in the cyberpunk anime. They, that's one. That's that is uh, a thing I don't they think do. It was that. This well, is they do do that like in young. that too. 
yeah. I, I think there's another I thing that does that as well, but I think the cyberpunk, they literally do that in that. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, they go into, like, they do, like, a brain dance or something, and then, like, yeah. he's using, like, he's using, like, a Samsung Galaxy, like, S8 or whatever, the one that blew up, and uh, mm-hmm. everyone else is using, like, iPhone t- tens or whatever we're not even on 10 yeah. anymore we're on what's the newest iphone i don't know man i'm on like iphone 8 yeah i think i'm gonna make the switch back to iphone to be honest i'm i'm tired of like not being able to i'm like missing out on most of life's events by not being able to facetime oh, people pretty much yeah no the craziest is when somebody asks you to play like iMessage games and you're like i can't no i think facetime I is way worse because it's like it's like grandma wants to sh- like share your her birthday with you. It's like, uh, gra- sorry, oh, grandma, no. can you can you download the plugin? Um, so I can. It's like plug-in. no. Um, yeah. So oh, I'm gonna just. God. I I honestly don't do anything on my phone outside of like phone. So I could just get like a couple generations back iPhone, and just you know be happy with that. But um. Yeah, I'm. I am excited about the opportunities with the AR stuff. I I think you don't want to be. You definitely don't want to be the first person. Like you want to. Yeah. You want to wait like a couple. Even with the wearable, like <clears throat> I don't. It is so funny. It's like such a, like a hype beast culture around this stupid headset. Where I think it's really cool technology. I think it's really funny. Like you said, where people are driving in their cars with the headset, or like just like in yeah. public, just like flexing with their ridiculously priced headset um it's very silly yeah so i think something that i was thinking about that's kind of interesting is uh so about not being the first person other thing is we don't know the long-term effects some of this stuff could have oh like, horrible for you for like sure. what if the people who use the apple vision they just all have cancer 10 years from now oh i mean we're, we're, we're screwed with phones and headphones and all that stuff yeah too, but like, like a horror yeah horrible and I like eye strain and all that. Oh yeah, like um, like thirty years from now, they're gonna look back at it and be like, "Damn, what were they doing on their phones all the time?" Yeah, they're gonna look back with their bionic eyes, like I said, and then won't oh, matter. Gra- like, oh, grandma, we, we need grandma and grandpa are blind, and they didn't have bionic eyes back then. Yeah, why would they do this? Uh, they had their organic eyes. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a, a niche feature that I'm sure will actually be included, where you could look at any wall and find like. A level surface so like if you're hanging a painting or like if you're hanging something on your wall it'll just show you where it's level so you don't have to use a level ever again I, um i feel like that's so like it's have you ever tried down to the level, priority list it's so easy to implement though like that seems really oh, easy man. have you ever tried to level anything and realized how bs leveling is as a yeah. concept in terms of yeah. leveling like a flat flattening something it is like so half-assed and i don't know it... i feel like i feel like it's a glitch it's gonna get fixed one day wait we do have Give like laser patches. levels and stuff uh, yeah when they patch life life 2 when, when life yeah. 2 it's gonna be like an overwatch update life 2 just the graphics will get a little bit better <laughs> but they'll make it <laughs> five life, five it's life 2 you have to like confirm that you want to move on to life 2 and then you yeah, find life out it's just a bunch of bugs yeah life 2 is it's 5v5 like, i wish i damn. wish i could roll q I got roll queue oh, for man. life too. What do you mean? So I I select roll queue when I'm born, and I don't get to change it. What the yeah. hell? Do you ever feel like you're living life as an like on Overwatch tank setting? Yeah. You ever feel you ever feel like that? So yeah, sometimes you want to be support, but I'm just out here on tank yep. when it's solo tank. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was the Apple funny headset. I, I I think people are a little bit disappointed with it. I mean, it's ex- it's really exciting technology and it's cool. I feel like it's a cool tech demo, but it's not there yet. So, yeah. um, yeah. So James, what what have you been up to this week? Let's let's, let's get into our weeks a bit. Uh, yeah, it was kind of quiet week for me. Um, so last week was my last week working at my old job. So now mm-hmm. I'm looking for a new one and I've kind of been, I've been taking care of all my, my quality of life stuff. Like, you know, I got a, um, I ordered a new mouse pad. I mean, this is like quality of life for my setup, not necessarily like <laughs> real life quality of life, but we'll, we'll get to that next, but yeah, like new mouse pad. I'm probably going to get a new, like just discord microphone. Cause I've had the same one for like three years. It's probably going to be a, like a cheap one, but it'll at least be new. 
I got one of those like gels that you use to clean your mouse. Oh, your not your mouse pad, your keyboard. Like and you just Wait. slap it on the keyboard and it's just like everything just comes out. Is that from the gamer gunk video of back? Remember the gamer gunk video? gamer gunk video there's a video about a guy who was selling these like cool cleaning products for gamers where he was trying to be hip and he was like it'll get all your gamer gunk and whatever out is it is it by the gamer gunk people um you're looking up gamer gunk yeah i'm looking up gamer gunk what is this product now i'm intrigued I'm, gamer I'm not... gunk i don't know the, the guy who rec who i got the recommendation from is He's called Created Tech. I don't, I don't think um, he... uh, sorry, I'm lo it's but dust dust off dirty gaming. What the hell? Okay, yeah, it's definitely not not the I recommendation wish. I got. Um, but but yeah, I got stuff for cleaning my keyboard. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I don't know. I just kind of cleaned my whole setup. But yeah, it's nice. My mouse pad is isn't dirty anymore all that stuff all the stuff i was neglecting because I, I i was working i and when i was finished with work i was just too lazy um but yeah besides that haven't been didn't play too much new this week really um what is interesting is that there's a new apex season next tuesday and there's and also i found out the overwatch season is launching at the same time mm-hmm it's kind of kind of goofy, um, but yeah, the main thing with the new Apex season is that they're adding like a like a perk system. So it's like every time you level up your armor by doing like, God, there's a million things you can do to level up your armor. Basically, anything you do in the game, like any anything you touch in the game, will, level, will like give you points to level up your armor. And it's like every time you level up, you get to choose of one from one of two perks. It's just yeah. Perks good. Just remixing the the formula a bit, keeping it yeah, keeping it new. I downloaded Apex. I have not played it yet. I was a little overwhelmed in terms of looking at the character screen and being like, "Oh, I have like four characters unlocked of the roster of like twenty characters or something." Yeah. Well, good news. At the start of the next season, each week, you're gonna be able to do challenge. You're, you're gonna have a character unlocked by default, and you can do challenges to keep them. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm trying to think of what else they're doing. I mean, the the change to like, the perk system and stuff, they, they said that it's generally supposed to make the game more accessible. That should be nice. And then uh, what else? They're doing like a limited time mode that's meant to be like a much faster paced version of the game where like it like drops you in a specific location. It sections off the map and stuff. It just drops you with like five other squads, I think. It's just like, yeah, his vibe. And apparently when you die, you can queue into another game without leaving the game. Oh, like, damn. I guess that would that only would that actually affect like common players in terms of like finding a match? Or is that only like higher? Is there what is the matchmaking like in <laughs> Apex? Um, I mean, generally you find games fast enough. I think it usually takes like maybe 20 seconds or something i'm not really sure it's definitely that... faster than like uh than like overwatch or something on average at least in my experience that that feels like quality of life but like that almost feels like unnecessary yeah well yeah the thing is some people like watching the people who killed them or something and it's mm -hmm. like if one person on your team is watching the people who killed you or if like if they're looking at their death recap or something and both of both the other people like leave and want to queue again they can't queue again until they're out of the game. So you have to like leave the game and ready up. I I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't play Battle Royale games. I mean, I don't play that like general type of game, which I would consider like a Battle Royale where like I, I was kind of thinking like, oh yeah, how would matchmaking and how, how does like, is there a competitive mode? Yeah, there's a ranked mode. How does like, how does ranked work in... It does seem um, like so. I mean, I guess you could be very good, and like the RNG doesn't affect you as much. I'm, so, I'm, yeah. I think my mindset is literally just like Fortnite when it came out is like the only experience. I'm like, oh yeah, BR, you just find random stuff. 
Yeah, it's actually pretty funny that you ask how ranked works because they change it like a lot. Because mm -hmm. BR ranked is hard. They can't say, oh, you won plus social credit. You lost minus social credit. Like they actually. It is it. weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how it works currently is <clears throat> every time you kill somebody, you get a an additional amount of points. Um, but and but that doesn't come in until after the game's over, right? Like it'll calculate it after the game's over. And you cannot be positive on points, like you don't aren't in a gaining game until you're top ten out of twenty. Because that's like it's top fifty percent of the lobby technically in, in terms of other games, that's winning, right? Because you know top fifty percent mm -hmm. means you just won the game because it's only one other team. Um but yeah, so once you're top ten, uh you're technically neutral, and then like any bonuses from eliminations come into play. Um and then as your placement goes up, you basically just get more points. And after the game, they account for other bonuses. Like, you know, if you're if the lobby you're in is like skill wise better than you, but you still did well, you'll get like a skill bonus. Um, and if the lob if your current rank is below where your current skill is, like MMR wise, you'll get like a rating bonus to try to even them out. It it's kind of complicated right now, and they're getting rid of most of the complicated stuff next season and going back to like an old system where it was literally just you get kills and you get placement uh as your placement goes up it's multiplied by your kills so like if you place really well but don't get any kills you won't get many points but if you get a lot of kills and don't place too well you won't get many points either so you need like a balance but yeah it's really weird about this this you're def you're just explaining ranked systems just halfway through that i'm just like man i think rank systems like made games worse in terms like i mean there's definitely elements of it's cool but then i was just mm -hmm. like at least for people who don't care as much i'm like wow yeah that sounds like annoying and that it made me want to play team fortress 2 so i may actually play a little team fortress 2 later because i was just thinking of like man it was fun to just kind of mess around but i do understand it's nice having like i kind of use the battle pass as my like incentive to keep playing games at least with overwatch um i realized mm -hmm. recently that i ran out of battle like i got everything on the battle pass and when i got everything on the battle pass i stopped playing the game completely and i'm mm -hmm. like i guess i'll play again when the next battle pass comes out um also i'll mention it because you brought it up a little bit um overwatch 2 the next season starting soon and they're actually getting a lot of changes and mm -hmm. they're changing yeah, a lot of like crazy stuff um I don't know enough about it right now to talk about it, so we'll probably end up talking about that maybe the next podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard they're making rank changes that people like. Yeah, they're changing the rank system a lot. They're doing a rank reset, so like they're mm -hmm. resetting everyone's rank. Um, yeah, I actually watched the trailer, and it looked really funny, the way that they, they portrayed that. Because it was <laughs> like, you said everybody was like diamond or something, and then the Reinhardt was a silver. Into the trash. Oh man! Um, it was like they were, they were like hyping it up to like, oh my god, you give me silver! It's like uh, whoa, uh, huh? It, so I I just saw a little bit of the trailer. Um, just it was like through a short because I haven't really delved into this. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw some of the new skins, and honestly, again, as someone who plays the battle pass, and it, that it, it's kind of my incentive because it feels like you're like, oh, I like playing matches, but I'm also like working toward getting these skins or whatever. Um, there's some really nice looking skins. Uh, it's like eldritch horror themed. Horror yeah, they themed. look really cool. Um, it's really funny that it's like a mythic Moira skin, but it looks sick. So I, I think it'll be exciting season. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at the Overwatch battle passes and look at the Apex ones because Overwatch ones have much stronger like theming. Mm -hmm. uh, Apex ones. So how Apex does it usually? is when you buy the battle pass initially you get four skins three of them are like epic tier skins which are essentially just like it's kind of similar to overwatch where it's essentially just like textures on your character as opposed to like a whole new like armor or something like that mm -hmm. like a recolor uh, yeah um so you get three epic skins for your characters and you get one legendary gun skin and then at level 25 and 50 you get a legendary skin for a character uh they're predetermined but yeah so there's like two legendary skins in the battle pass tonight level 100 100 you get 
oh crap, what is it? You get a reactive skin for a gun, which is basically like every time you get a kill, it does like a little thing and it'll upgrade. Uh, most of them are kind of kind of poopy because they're very visually noisy, but some mm. are cool. Some are pay to win. <laughs> oh god, there's a, there's a whole discussion around the pay to win skins in Apex or are, are something else because like it, it's so obvious that they're pay to win, but they keep releasing skins with like the default model. And it's like, wow, this is a really cool skin, but these iron sights are terrible. What makes the skin pay to win? Um, so basically, it's just that the iron sights on the gun are better. So oh, like, for example, um, the R ninety nine. It's like the fast firing SMG. The iron sights by default, they're like this big circle. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's like these two things that just jut out of the gun on the side. It's really obstructive. It's especially problematic for like a close range gun. Um, but the other ones, they're like the pay to win ones are usually just like two like small rectangles and a dot in the middle or something like that. That's very silly. Yeah, and it's like, man, that like the and they're good skins too. It's not the, it's not even that you're like putting on a bad skin because it's pay to win. Like they're good skins. They look really cool. They look like a lot cleaner than the default ones with the regular iron sights and stuff. But they'll just not release more skins using that iron sight. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Pe people get really upset about that. But anyway, back to the Battle Pass stuff. But yeah, the the Apex Battle Passes don't usually have as much going on, I guess, as the Overwatch ones. Like, they have less skins. Theming isn't as strong. And you also you get a gun skin at the end instead of a uh, character skin. And the, so they actually recently started doing, like, mythic character skins in Apex, but they're tied behind, like, events. And it's the whole, like, you have to buy the whole event to get the skin kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then for for people that really like gambling, after the event, they're available if you have, if you buy them with heirloom shards, but you only get heirloom shards once in every 500 uh, loot boxes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And loot boxes, I guess, like, for each loot box, it's, like, $1. So, like, it's $500, effectively. <laughs> that's really terrible. Yeah, so it's 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 a one after five hundred you are guaranteed to get one. So technically you can get it earlier, right? Because it's one in five hundred chance for each one. Yeah, for, but for you the won't. for the gambling fans out there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess what what I think my main problem with it is you have no way of tracking how many packs you've opened. I feel like it might be by design too. Just like well, it could yeah. be the next one. Yeah, I, I I do think it's it's definitely by design. But like I'm just sitting here thinking like, damn, there's this like event where it's like a 20 it's a discount on 20 packs or something i get 20 packs for the cost of like 10 packs and it's like you know i kind of want to buy this but like if i buy this and i don't get an heirloom because i'm not as close as i think i'm gonna be really sad mm -hmm. so you should buy twice as much so you'll guaranteed get it definitely yes um, the, the gambler inside of me is is speaking hey at least at least my point of view from overwatch 2 is Honestly, the Battle Pass has good value. It's $10, and if you complete it, you actually get a ton of skins and content. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The skins in the store are the probably some of the worst value in any game uh, yeah. in terms of, one, they're reselling Overwatch 1 skins that were free for $20, mm -hmm. which is insane. Uh, yeah. Plus, skins costing $20 is... Because they're like, oh, it's a bundle. It's like we put a voice line and a spray and a PNG, like a we put a model like of a donut from Blender in it. Look, it's a bundle. Oh, now it's twenty bucks. It's like, bundle well, I, I'd pay uh, ten dollars less if you got rid of the stuff that isn't the skin. Um, and I get they make money, you know, to make money off of these skins, but they don't need to make that much money off of each skin. I think ten dollars yeah. is the zone for skins. 20 is a, like ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not really but sure. I'm part of like, the problem because I bought yeah. some of them. I'm not really sure how the money distribution works when they let when like somebody buys a skin. But um, one thing I do like that Apex does is that when you buy the battle pass, you get like the uh, pretty much almost every like 10 levels or so you get the premium currency, like 100 mm -hmm. of it. And the battle pass costs 950. So in theory, you could buy one battle pass and be able to buy every battle pass for the rest of time. See, that's that's good. Like you should. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch does not do a system where you can recurringly get the battle pass. 
Um, mm-hmm. But again, I do think... So how much does the Apex Battle Pass cost um, price-wise? If you bought no, it from $9.50, but there isn't a $9.50 option. So you're oh, of course. Buy, you're basically buying the $10 option, usually. Yeah. So, I mean, ten. I think 10 bucks for a Battle Pass is pretty fair. Um, I actually, also, can you buy Battle Pass levels in Overwatch? You can. Yeah, okay. You can do the same in Apex. Yeah. Um, Overwatch, at least, I don't know if it's seasonal, but I played from this season and did the whole Battle Pass. And one, it was like a kind of a garbage season um, in, in general, but also mm-hmm. in terms of the skins. Um, and I did, I completed the whole Battle Pass, and I think I still had like, and I, I was like taking massive gaps in between playing. And mm-hmm. I think I still had like 12 days to really like get it done and i I really honestly i do think they actually give you a lot of time i think it was like it might have been like three months or something to do the whole thing or something like that Mm -hmm. um yeah i i I think that's i i still do think that it's really annoying that you can't you can buy a battle pass and if you don't finish it you don't you don't get the stuff um Mm-hmm. I don't think they should just give you this stuff. I think you should still be able to like work toward like Halo Infinite style where yeah. you can just go back and do it. I know why they don't do it, but I think it's really scummy and people should I think I don't I don't know. I guess they probably have, you know, the science behind it, but I I think people would feel a lot better about battle passes if they made it so that you could go back and finish them and like buy any of them. But they don't do that because obviously it's like FOMO, like, oh, I'm gonna miss out on getting this skin that'll never come back, or it will as a like, shitty recolor, like, tw- 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess one other Apex thing that's fun is, um, so I don't know if you've heard of this, Respawn did, I might have talked about this, I can't remember, but Respawn basically did a, like, collaboration with Game Informer. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is like, you know, they interviewed them about the new season. They went to like the respawn headquarters in, in Vancouver, one of one of their like four headquarters, I think. And um, so, you know, normally it'd be like, oh, you know, just getting a little little bit of interview and all that stuff. But uh, they actually included some like in one of the interviews, like the video interviews, they included some playtest gameplay. And apparently they weren't playing testing the next season, which is season 20. But they were playtesting season 21. <laughs> and so what was really interesting is this is probably intentional, right? Mm-hmm. But in the character yeah. select screen, you could see the next character. And then oh. there was like some gameplay stuff where it's like, oh, you've been you you can be seen from the void. And it's like, well, no character does that. What, what, what is this new character? It's, it was weird. But um, it was funny because I was sitting here like, damn, they're really getting people hyped up for the next season. And then it hit me like, wait, we're not getting a, a character or, or a map or a gun. Sad. <laughs> And so normally, season. so normally, so uh, normally, a new Apex season, they either do well, there's a few things they can do. They can do new guns, they can do map updates, they can do a new map, uh, or they can do a new character, or they can be like system changes. Uh, the system changes one is recent because last year they they focused more on system changes than like new maps or characters. So normally, what'll happen is in like November, like the November season, they'll do a new map. But I think it was like two years in a row their player base dipped in November because that's when like new games come out and stuff. And they were like, huh, well, we don't like that. So they so I guess they just didn't release a new map this year. Oh, it was a, a little odd. So apparently it's going to be coming in like the season after this season. But it's just like, I, damn, you know, I look at all the system changes and like these are cool, but no map, no gun, no legend, no play. Sad. Yeah, well, so do fans... What is the like the general consensus about Apex? Because I remember it's one of those games where it was like beloved, and now is it back to being kind of like the fan base is kind of turned on it a little bit in terms of like they're frustrated with the game? Uh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, um, but like in general. So, like, so in general, how Apex works, I don't... How long are Overwatch seasons, actually? I don't know off the top of my head. I feel like it's a couple months. I... F- I also feel like it could be sporadic or I don't really follow it that much. So from what I understand, what lots of other games do is their seasons are like two months or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the problem Apex has right now is usually at the start of the season, everything's like fine. Like people love the game. 
Uh, obviously, there are bugs and stuff like that, and sometimes server issues that people get upset about. But generally speaking, right, people are happy with new seasons unless they like, unless they're literally just underwhelming in some sense. Like you know, they don't, they don't. It doesn't feel like a new season. Like they don't change enough, which has happened a couple times in the last year, just because of the nature of them focusing more on system stuff than new content. Um, but the problem with Apex seasons, like mainly, is that they're a little too long. Usually, they're almost they're pretty much always at least three months. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they go into three and a half. Like this season was one hundred days, and I think when people first saw that at the start of the season, they're like, "Yeah, these changes are cool." One hundred days? What do you mean one hundred days? <laughs> <laughs> and it was. And like what happens is usually around like the halfway point of the season where they do like their mid-season patch, which has been there's been a little less emphasis on that lately uh, for a lot of reasons. Main one is they changed the rank system. They used mm -hmm. to have like a mid-season soft reset where you would lose like effectively like a medal and a half. Uh, <laughs> and for the people that grinded like top top like Apex Predator, like top 500 stuff, they would obviously it would effectively take them down to the bottom of the rank and be like masters. And then they go down a rank and a half from there. So it's kind of like everybody has to grind back up and people can get on the leaderboard again. <laughs> Sounds so miserable. It, so the the thing is, it was actually really fun because so the I, I don't know if Overwatch has this, but in Apex at the start of a season, people will like grind really hard and try to be like the first Apex Predator or something like that. And then people would try to hold like rank one and they'd, their streams would get really big off of it. Mm -hmm. And so people would get really excited at like the start of se the season and at the splits because uh, at splits, they also change the maps usually. So like it does feel kind of fresh. Like Apex does a they do a three map rotation uh, for both ranked and for public matches and ranked just changes every day. Public matches is like every two hours it changes. So the in Overwatch, the problem with the old rank system was that people would log into ranked do like a match get to like there if they were like in the high ranks they'd be like all right i'm top i'm in the top 500 i'm ranked like 37 uh and then just never play on that account again because they mm -hmm. pretty much every time you'll play a match like you're gonna lose more than it's better to just stay at whatever rank and not touch it and then yeah. uh to grind it out because you're just gonna go down and then they yeah, just play so, on the alt yeah so. so that's what's a little different about apex's rank system is it it naturally for most people, it'll trend upwards. Uh, if you're if you're just not necessarily if you're good, but like it's just the way that the numbers work, right? Because like, it, lots of people can get to top ten usually, so they'll like they'll generally be gaining. Like you you almost always gain more than you lose. Like the entry cost for games is far lower than the maximum amount of uh, rank points you can go up by like winning a game or something. And so for professional players who will rarely like die off drop or anything like that, uh, their ranks pretty much constantly go up. Like the base rank for Apex Predator, like the rank points goes up by like some seasons would go up by like 5,000 a day. And the most you can get from a game is like or what you can expect from a win is like 300. Mm -hmm. So like they can't just sign off really of their like high rank account because they'll just lose the rank. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. And so that's also part of why the rank reset is important, like midseason or not rank reset, but the soft rank reset. The big ouchie down rank, play the yeah. game, incentivizer, come back, play the game. <laughs> yeah, but but as I was saying with um with the midseason patch, so they'll do their midseason patch, and then the game will kind of be quiet from there, which I think is the main problem people have. Like when you get to the last like 20, 30 days of the season, you're everybody's just kind of like. Yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of it. This is going to sound very boomer-y, but it, all the talk about the rank stuff and, like, the retention mechanics and all that just get me thinking, like, like using Team Fortress 2 as an example, just, like, playing a game, like, booting it up, being excited to play this game just to, like, mm -hmm. have fun in it, which is, like, not... I, I It's not that reasonable now to think like that. Uh, I think Fortnite probably does a pretty good job of this, but they're, like fun lego modes and whatever people just actually excited yeah. to play the game not just you know um grind it out yeah some people enjoy so, the grind but i don't yeah. know so i i actually was thinking about this like today where it's like lots of these games will either specifically try to target a competitive audience or try to target a casual audience and usually the other one will always be pissed mm -hmm. um but i think what i kind of realized is that 
what what lots of these games misunderstand is I don't think they actually understand what like a that what these audience audiences want overlaps a lot. Like you know you you want a fun game that's like hard to master, generally speaking. Like I think that satisfies both audiences. Um, and the problem is that they view lots of studios view a competitive game as a game that's like inherently complex, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality about lots of competitive games, like people, like people play competitive Quake, and like, not that the game doesn't have depth, but the systems are pretty simple, right? Like mm-hmm. the the depth comes from from the players, not necessarily what's created by the by the devs. Like it's the it's the way that the systems interact with each other. It's like a it's like it's like planting a tree and then it has a bunch of branches, right? Instead of trying to plant a bunch of trees. And so I think like if you if you think of it like that, you just you know make stuff that's fun, um, that has like interesting interactions with the other systems, and you don't necessarily need to make everything super complex for it to be competitive. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm, I'll kind of like end it here a little bit, but I think with Overwatch Two is my perspective. They're having a big problem with that of like mm-hmm. catering toward. I mean, they stopped catering toward any professional slash ranked players for a while, and they're just yeah. like, all right, casual game. Um, but the problem is the game by design is like a team based game, so it's not really casual. So they're trying to make it more, have more agency, the individual player making it more casual and stuff. Anyway, yeah. we 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 got like a little bit of time left. So I I don't really um I don't I didn't really do that much like gaming wise on my week so mm-hmm. maybe we could take it into some questions let's talk, we haven't done like a good questions segment in a in a while that is true so if you have a question you can email us at hyeppodcast at gmail dot com that's the hyeppodcast yeah at gmail dot com I'm always paranoid that I'm just saying the name wrong of the email. Um, because I probably am half the time, but I don't know. I, I, it's it's all good. We should maybe we should get some new questions soon too. Like, but uh, we we have an exhaustive list of random questions. Um, would you like me to ask you a question, or would you like to ask the first question? Uh, I guess I can ask the first one. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what is your favorite video game weapon, and why? Oh, that's actually a pretty good question. Um, just delete it from the list too. Yeah. Uh, I really like when video games um, are for melee weapons. I like it when a video game has a weird melee weapon, like a non-conventional melee weapon, uh, such as like the crowbar from Half-Life 2. I would mm-hmm. also say like the gravity gun is probably one of the most fun, like r- weird like weapons in video games. In again from Half-Life 2, um, mm-hmm. uh, I I think. Bioshock also has the wrench melee weapon. I, I don't think they're really that special. I just like the idea of having a weapon that is like non-standard, um, or just having like a lead pipe, or you know, it's it's cool to have something a little bit different, you know, yeah, uh, than the average thing. That that's kind of that's kind of my take. What about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I really like melee weapons in general. Um, and I've played played with a lot of cool ones that escape my my brain at the moment but uh for me i i think lots of what i remember is like fps so st- some stuff that immediately comes to mind is like the super shotgun specifically in doom eternal because it had like the grapple on it um but another one i actually really really liked that i just remembered is um the epg or the i believe it's the electric propelled grenade in in a uh, titanfall 2 uh, and what was so cool about it, so it's just basically a grenade launcher that just fires like a straight like plasma grenade. And the idea is you know, it does AOE damage uh, if it hits a wall. Um, and it's like a re- pretty small and slow projectile. And if it direct hits somebody, it'll like insta explode them and there's like gore and stuff because it was, it was Titanfall and they were cool. Um, but I think what made it so cool to me was the way it interacted with the other systems in the game. Like it was a primary gun in Titanfall 2 that could do damage to Titans uh, automatically. And since the game was a lot about like wall running and and like doing crazy jumps in the air and all that stuff, it was actually pretty hard to not only direct hit people but even to get like splash damage, because you'd have to catch them right as they're making contact with the wall to wall to wall like run or wall jump off of it. So I think it was like it, it made me think of the game very differently, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like you don't get as often in multiplayer games, especially like you know single player games you'll get that all the time because that's the intention, right? Because they they intend for you to interact with the 
with the programmed enemies in a different way. But um, the EPG in Titanfall 2, actually, it maybe interact with, like, real people differently, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know why this reminded me. Um, uh, I think it was Saints Row 3 that had the dubstep gun, or was that Saints Row 4 oh, that had the dubstep oh, yeah. gun? I know it was in Saints Row 4. I don't know if it was also in 3. But yeah, Saints Row has a lot of good ones. The dubstep gun. <laughs> Very stupid. Uh, yeah. The the uh, phallic bat. Obviously, yes, the phallic that was part bat. of Saints Row 3's marketing. Yes. Um, there were some wild weapons in that series. Yeah, it is crazy I, stuff. I, I think we definitely should talk about uh, FromSoft Souls-like games for really cool weapons, feel, mm-hmm. and design. Um, I just looked... Sword. Oh, yeah, well... The classic. That's kind of the most... Bo- I mean, it is classic and cool, but honestly, kind of one of the most boring designs. But, like, I understand why, because they want to have it fit I, I just like projectile across multiple slashes. games. Yeah, projectile but, slashes like... Are fun. I'm talking like uh, I just saw an Elden Ring wiki thing, and it's making me want to replay the game. Uh, I didn't realize I mean, maybe I even saw this when I played, but I didn't like cont- like internalize it. But did you see the weapon that's just the finger from those big finger enemies as a weapon? It's just it's just a finger. Uh, I'm not sure if I have. You know those big finger enemy, like the big hand enemies that shoot like the like the they're literally giant hands that like shoot magic at you with a ring. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's the, just the fing- one the of those creepers. Yeah, it's just one of their fingers, and the bone is the handle, and you hit people with it, and it has like a flick. It does like a finger flick special, like weapon arc. Ooh. And I'm like, I will, re- I want to 100% replay that entire game with the finger weapon. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, when I think of it back to like Dark Souls to Souls games, I think of like uh like the Whirly Gig Saw in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. The uh, Leto's Great Hammer. In, in Dark Souls 3 was really, really cool because it had mm-hmm. like the weapon art was you did like a, you did like the spinning attack where you like dragged it along the round and just like went in a circle. And then after you did it, you would get like a bunch of rocks on your hammer. And then if you did a heavy, like a charged heavy attack, you would slam the rocks and they would like explode and do extra damage and like hit people with the shattered rocks and stuff. I think part of the reason why those games are so <laughs> replayable is it's just because every weapon feels so different and like you can really see like you want to experience the entire game again with this new weapon even if it has like a small move set of maybe like a couple moves it just is really yeah. fun to try especially doing almost jokey builds like trying to beat dark souls 2 with like the ladle and mm-hmm. uh just just doing some stupid stuff and there's like a lot there's so much and I, I think bloodborne is a great example of probably some of the best like not there was not that many weapons in Bloodborne, but they all were like dual weapons that, that, that would transform and have transform attacks and all that. I think those are some of the mm-hmm. best weapons um, in the Souls games just because they were so like creative in terms of how they the movesets worked and the combination mechanics and yeah. uh, stuff like that. I do also like Dark Souls 2, the Smelter Hammer, which is a giant like drumstick, basically, and you spin around with it and fling mm-hmm. yourself at people and you can like flying knee kick them. Some of the most just like stupid weapon movesets. So fun. Um, yeah, I think we got, I got, I got enough out of the weapon question, but yeah, for sure. Those are so fun. Yep. Um, yeah. what is, all right, actually, uh, Hmm. Uh, you know what? I will ask this. This is kind of a dumb question, but what do you think is the most underrated video game console? And maybe we could change that question. Cause like, it's kind of a weird question, yeah. right? Underrated video game console. I don't know. I feel like most consoles are like appropriately rated. I know, right? And like, like I feel like when when somebody asks that, they they're like thinking like, oh, make some talk about something old, like some I, old I think, console that nobody knew about or something. I think you got to go like variations, <laughs> like like either like you know how there's like the PS3 Fat original and then the PS3 oh, PS3 Fat. And then the PS3 Slim, like, and then there's all these different variations, you know? I think you gotta go in that route, maybe. I, if we really wanna be technical, and maybe, like, not think about consoles, but video game platforms, mm-hmm. um, based off of raw statistics, mobile is underrated. Mobile, like... Is, uh, yeah, mobile, like, mobile games. Because apparently they just make more, more money than any other game. Okay, well, uh, yeah, they make more money, but they're, like, more accessible. Like, everyone has a phone, you know? Yeah. Except Diablo people for Diablo um, Immortal. 
but yeah, but it's uh, like it's funny because there's like always um, it's just like a bit of a taboo for some devs that's like working on mobile games. And but then like you look at the people that work on mobile games and they're like they're making money. It's like yeah, yeah but the problem money. with mobile games is like an actual good mobile game like that is like a good game is hard to come by like it, because of just the control scheme. I understand they can make yeah. a lot of money, but like some of those games are like very you know money driven yeah i i also think like so, there are some these there are some like interesting mobile ports as well like i i know like apparently PUBG mobile is really popular and well like mm-hmm. um fortnite is doing doing mobile stuff mm-hmm. apex tried to do mobile actually uh it didn't go great but like the oh, it's in a weird place right now so they sunsetted it like almost exactly a year ago um but there's like a chinese apex clone <laughs> That it literally it's literally Apex that it's used different models for the characters and different names and like lore and stuff. And it's just man, it's weird. I don't know if like if Respawn or EA are like actually involved. Well, so I I know they kind of are because like they they support the game, but they never like talk about it. Hmm. <laughs> like they never acknowledge that it's like yeah, this is basically just Apex Mobile in China. Well, th- there are games like that, like uh, because the China market. So is it officially, yeah. is it Apex? Like, it, is it just like a bootleg thing? It's not actually the company at all? It's not uh, their version I of it? so. I mean, I can look it up. Because there are, sometimes there's Chinese versions of games that get, like, localized for China. Okay, so apparently it's called High Energy Heroes. Okay, I like the name. It's, Sound, it's, it's good, good name. It's literally just rebranded Apex Mobile. Um, so it's developed by Lightspeed Studios and published by Tencent. Okay, yeah, big big publisher. Um, I'm trying to see. If Ma- understatement, massive, massive company. So apparently, what happened is they sunsetted Apex Mobile, and they said like, "Hey, hey guys, we're not doing Apex Mobile anymore. You can like, you can kind of pick this stuff up." And so apparently, they're just like, "Yeah, Apex Mobile China. We're gonna we're gonna fix everything that Apex Mobile did wrong." And Respawn was just like. Okay, yeah, good luck, guys. Kind of <laughs> walked away. Well, I mean, that's where the mobile market is, so they'll probably mm-hmm. have more success in a weird way. Yeah, and also um, Apex was banned in China for a while. Like, it just <laughs> got unbanned, like, last year, I think. Oh. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny because um, Chinese players, what they would do is when they wanted to enter Apex tournaments, they would, like, uh, I think they would use, like, a VPN or something and fake their nationality. Like they would say they're like Australian or something because it's like in the, it's in like the same general general region for like where they're actually playing, um. But then you'd have like an Australian guy with like a with like a Chinese name. And it's just like it's in like you listen to their comms and they just don't. They're speaking Chinese. It's so blatantly obvious. It's mm-hmm. just they're all the, they're hilarious. from Beijing, Australia, the capital yeah. city of Australia. Um. Anyway, back to the console part the question i i think if we're going on weird remodels i think the psp go was ahead of its time and kind of slept on do you remember what the psp go was um i remember the psp and the psp vita but i don't remember the psp go there was the psp fat which is the original model then there was like a 2000 model which i think i remember remember whatever okay okay then the psp 3000 which is probably one of the best handheld consoles of all time it's just so great, especially because of the emulation and stuff. It was just felt great. And then the PSP Go came out, and it was a digital-only console uh, back in the, like, early, like, kind of back in the PS3 days. And the problem was it was digital-only, but they didn't have all the di- games available. They didn't. They had a fraction of the games available on the PSP's library on the digital store, so you could yeah. not get, like, a lot of things. Um, yeah, but it I was actually, ahead of actually... its time. Yeah, I actually remember seeing this. I remember I thought the design was really weird because my phone was like the exact same as this. Where it was like one of those phones that would like slide up and you could text on it. It so was kind of sick. It was like, was. yeah, you would slide the whole console up, screen up, and then you'd have the buttons <laughs> underneath it. I still don't. So really did think it have it a touch beats... screen? No. So then why um, would you not have this slid up then? Because it was cool. Like, like I guess, like transportation and stuff, but you're, the screen's still exposed. So I know. <laughs> it really is protecting the buttons? Question mark. Yeah, but whatever. I, I remember, like the PSP three thousand, like it had it had a pouch, 
just because they acknowledge like you can't really close it. Well, the PSP three thousand was actually pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean Nintendo definitely wins with the clamshell design. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, sure. I don't know. I, I think just looking at this, you can see why people didn't like it. <laughs> it made no sense. And at, again, at the time, like I had one, by the way. Um, and at the time, uh, so I do have it still. And, and I actually, I was playing on it, and I dropped it one time, and it broke, and never worked again. Oh, the classic, crazy. Um, never really have I ever had a product like. Besides the, I had a Dingu emulator, which also fell mm-hmm. once and broke. Never have I had a product oh, instantaneously break on me, though. Yeah, it really makes you appreciate how, like, durable stuff is nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. I drop my phone literally every single day, and there's not a single crack. <laughs> I've, ha- well, I've had this phone for almost almost five years now. Well, stuff can be durable back then, too. Like, the DS, well, okay, the DS okay, Lite was I, not durable. Yeah, was I, I dropped my DS Lite once, and, like, the thing that were like, the hinge, the hinge it connector, close, it would just shatter. Like, it just was, was it a white DS Lite? Um, I don't remember. I don't I remember spread that, that misinformation. Happened my, that happened with my DSi as well. I think my DS Lite might mm-hmm. might have been red. But yeah, that happened but, with my DS Lite and my DSi, and I was just like, damn. And it, it and my parents bought me one replacement for my DS Lite and then gave up. And the DSi we never replaced. So when mm-hmm. it broke, I just kind of gave up and I never played a, a DS again. Oh wow. Um, actually, another, another kind of slept on console, the XL versions <laughs> of the DSs. I have a what, what sucks, though, is there's so many stupid variants, especially in the 3DS era. Um, mm-hmm. There, I have a 3DS XL, not to be confused with a new 3DS XL, so I don't have the nub, but I have, like, I, I really like the new 3 or the regular 3DS XL. Uh, apparently, the best, the, the premier one that is, like, the coolest one is the, like, the 2DS XL. Mm-hmm. is like the cool is a is a cool one because it's kind of a unique looking console um but yeah no i the psp i think honestly the psp go kind of sucked but it was cool um and it's a neat piece of history it's kind of like the game boy micro where it's just kind of neat um but mm-hmm. didn't need to exist all right um i think we got time for one more question sure would you like to Let ask to the, one. the question <clears throat> Let's look at this see. look at the whole the old big old list of things. Uh, what is the most disappointing ending to a video game that you have ever experienced? All right. Um I'm going to I probably am just going to list like common things from things I haven't even played. Um you know what I mean? Well, I guess I guess let me try to think of my own personal experiences. What was I really disappointed by? Huh. Oh man, I, I, I kind of that's kind of a tough question. I don't. I feel like if I was disappointed, I probably forgot about the game entirely. All right, I have a very yeah. hot take. I have a, all right. I have a very. Okay. This is actually like a genuine hot take. Okay. So it. Persona Five, um, mm-hmm. Royale Royal. Now this is all right. My, uh, I'm not even gonna really spoil any of the ending stuff, but like light spoiler tag for Persona Five. I'm really not gonna try to spoil anything. Um, I I think it's less of uh, the ending of the game. I think it's the last like 20 hours of the game, or something like that, where I was like done with it. I, like I play and this is Roy, Royal by the way, so it's the extra content, and I did all of the extra content. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got to the point where I was like basically checking my watch being like, all right, I like this game, but I'm kind of over it. We're at like hour 110 or something. And I like the remaining 20, the the last 20 hours of that game, I was so over it. And I, and then to the point where like, I don't even care. Like, and I also, I don't even think that game really ends that strong anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I, it sucks because the journey, the Persona games, the journey is always so much better. I, I think the endings in those games are always like kind of underwhelming and kind of disappointing. That's my hot take. What about you? Uh, all right, mine might be a bit of a hot take, but also like something that I've I've definitely changed my mind on this now, and it was almost entirely based in ignorance. But I thought when I so the first Halo game I played was Halo Three. 
Mm-hmm. And when I got to the ending, I thought that shit fucking sucked. Is this the wait a minute? I don't know anything about Halo. Is this the we gotta finish the fight? Is that that ending? No, no, that's that, Halo. That notable, two. Te- notable bad ending. Halo three hate. is the one where Master Chief just like goes to sleep and he's like, <laughs> "Wake me when you need me." And, <laughs> what and is so, Halo doing? And so the thing is, Halo three is first of all, it's the shortest of the of the original Halo trilogy in like raw duration of the campaign. Uh, second of all, lots of people were actually kind of disappointed with the game, so I wasn't like actually that far off. Like campaign wise, they were disappointed with the story. And third, <laughs> holy shit! It, this this ending was like a subject of drama with my Xbox friend group for like literally almost ten years. <laughs> like everybody would debate like whether Master Chief was dead or not, and, I, and like I would just be saying, "They're like, I, I mean, he's he's not. You literally didn't. It's very clear that he's not dead. He's got to finish the fight." Yeah, if he would though, like not pull up like these these like long ass video essays, and it's like, bro, what are you on about? Actually, no, it was definitely less than 10 years because they announced like Halo 4 in 2011 or 2012, maybe. But it, it was a few years. It felt like 10 years because it was like young brain Xbox 360 timeline. Neuron um, activate it. Yeah. But <laughs> so yeah, it was really funny because when I had first played Halo 3, it's literally the first mission. You know, you see like the Arbiter pull up and he's like working with Master Chief. And it's like it's literally this, the definition of hell. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I just looked at that. and I was like, hell, yeah. I don't know who these people are, but hell, yeah. And then, and then in the final mission, we're like in the in like the warthog, driving around. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool! This is so epic! I can't wait for more more Master Chief and Arbiter adventures. And then they just get separated at the end, and like the Arbiter hasn't appeared in Halo since Halo Three, and it was like, damn. And I just think back to how disappointed I was when I when I first saw that ending, man. Like, I thought this was going to be a long-ass, like, buddy cop thing. Because one of my friends told me the the campaign was, like, 14 hours. And I was, like, hmm. 8 hours in. I feel like that reminds me of just, like, the time when shooter campaigns were, like... People would actually buy the new shooter and play the campaign first, then, like, hop online. Like, Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Like, people would be like, oh, I'll play through that. <clears throat> um, well, I think part of it was, like, it was this era where people realized, like, wait. We can make these characters in our shooter game games, like, actual people. Mm-hmm. And not just people. Okay, it's funny that I say that because it's like the Ramirez jokes with Modern Warfare 2, but like not just guys who yell at your objective at you. I've really, I mean, I think it made sense back then. I really do not. People got so up in arms about the new Call of Duty campaign and stuff. I really do not think. I, I think games like Call of Duty is like a multiplayer game. They can focus on that. Like they don't need to have. The, the the single player campaign is not a value add anymore. They so, don't, and they seem they don't care anyway. So yeah, what's actually really funny is I remember when Titanfall one came out, and it was like a whole huge thing that didn't have a single player campaign, but they like integrated the story into multiplayer, and like a big part of the reason why that game flopped was it didn't have single player, and then, and then like if only it came out like a few years later when the trend was like starting to die down, they would have been fine. Well, think about it though. Titanfall people love Titanfall 1 and 2 and probably would prefer this over Apex but if Titanfall 1 2 did not fail you probably would not be playing Apex you know if they were successful yeah you'd probably just be getting a new Titanfall game yeah I mean so the thing is yeah but also (laughs) Titanfall fans are like the classic uh it's like the meme people make about like DC movie fans where it's like they're really loud on like social media and stuff but when the movie comes out they're, they're the theater. <laughs> they're not. They're not buying. They're it. not. They are not there. Like, <laughs> like. Listen, I love Titanfall, but it it failed for a reason. The it, it does not. It has very diehard fans and very lo- like loyal fans, but like the quantity of fans is not as high as I think people perceive it to be. And I think that's that's honestly part of why it, it's it's good that Apex succeeded. Because if not, uh, respawn might be in some some hot water by now. Mm-hmm. They might be making the next Suicide Squad game. Respawn would definitely not be making good, good uh, <laughs> Star Wars games. That's for sure. No. Well, <laughs> anyway, I think we've we've gone over time. I think we should end the podcast here. Uh, I'm Matt, aka Matt Fun Dude. I you can find me on YouTube and Twitch. I haven't streamed in like over a month or so. I have been meaning to. I've just not done it. But you can find me there at one day. And who are you? I, I forgot. Remember that part uh, from earlier? I'm I'm James O4E. You can find me in in your heart and your soul. I'm not gonna end the I'm just gonna keep rolling.
I'm in your walls. Have, we're just gonna have like two minutes of dead air at the end of the podcast. Don't worry, I'll, I'll edit all of this part out. Um, if you're listening to this, I didn't edit it out, and um, this is totally unintentional. And broccoli. Uh, comment, com- comment broccoli in the uh, the YouTube comments, and I will give you a, th- a crisp thumbs up. All right, goodbye. I'm still rolling. That's the bit. It's not. It's. I didn't actually uh-huh. end the podcast. Ha! Huh, we got you. Now we're never like the funny thing I- is we're never even going to end the podcast.